Uh, we're in the book of John. That's where Lena can get a sermon today. Uh, I talked to her this morning. Everything's going well with Lena. If y'all, I don't know if this was announced or not. She says, but she's having bad leg cramps, and that she was not expecting. So, uh, so be in prayer. Continue to be in prayer for them over there. Uh, be in prayer for Glory. They are uh, they are playing Baptist. They have to hire a pastor, and. You know, there's a lot to be said about the Methodist Church. I know you always haven't got the pastor you want, but at least you got a pastor, and that process has not been there. Uh, so that's why we're running a little late today. Yeah, we're going to be in John chapter 13, verses 31 through 35 today. As we sit there, we watch the news. Uh, I've pretty much given up on the news, by the way. Uh, we watch the news, and then we go along in the world. Uh, we live in a crazy world, do we not? Uh, you know, it used to be power would go out of the house. You know, you come home. I know uh, Tammy Harris posted on Facebook. Power was, at, they went to town and come home, power was out. You know, it used to be power went out, we didn't think about it. But now, all of a sudden, first thing that comes to our mind, was it a terrorist attack somewhere? Or what else is going on in the world today? And uh, we hear about the shootings in schools and all, all the craziness that goes on in the world uh, it goes on the world. And how did we get to this point of hatred and division in our world? And we could debate on that one, by the way. Uh, and how did disagreeing with somebody, just because I disagree with you must mean I must hate you, or if you disagree with me, you must hate me. You know, I'm married, been married for 23 years, I think. It's 23 years, it might be 24, I can't remember now. It's been a long time, though, and, but it just seems like yesterday we got married. <laughs> I'm digging this hole. Uh, and I live with two, 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 two daughters. I have learned that we can disagree with each other but not hate each other and still love on one another. Uh, but, but in this crazy world that we live in, <coughs> excuse me, this crazy world that we live in, with the division and the hatred of which we have, what is the church's response you know, one of the things that kind of always gets me, it seems like the church today is in a reactive mode and not in a proactive mode. Where we, There's a shooting somewhere or a tragedy somewhere. We are in the mode of, oh, let's do a prayer vigil. Let's bring the people in. Where are we before this happens? Where's the church at before this happens? <coughs> and that's kind of what I'm, <coughs> excuse me, I may need somebody to give me a drink of water. Uh, um, but I do know this one thing is violence produces more violence. I brought my bottle with me, but then I left it empty. Uh, violence produces more violence. I'm not saying it's not okay to protect yourself, uh, protect your home and your family, but normally when we're arguing with somebody, Arguing just brings the argument even more. One of the best advice this lady gave me at Morbin one time, I know it's hard to believe that Tammy, Tammy and I might have been having a, a little bit of a disagreement, and she says, Larry, do you want that disagreement to stop? And I said, I'd sure love that. She said, shut up. <laughs> she have nothing else to argue with you about if you would just shut up. Doesn't mean you're wrong, you just shut up. So, all right, that's where we're at with that. Uh, so our, our message comes out of John 13, verses 31. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, 
Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and I... And as I said to the Jews, where am I going? You cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, and you will have love for one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. And here comes the Savior right there. Thank you, Carla. Finally, he listens. I think I swallowed a gnat on the way over here, or a tune bug or something. So here it is. And what's really, two key verses here real quick. Jesus calls, he's talking to his disciples. Number one, he calls them little children. And what he means by that, that you are still young in your faith. And two, he says, this is the new commandment I give to you, which is really not a new commandment because this commandment is actually a commandment from Deuteronomy. And what Jesus is saying here is, and what I believe the message for the church could kind of be today is, that you don't understand what God said at the beginning, and so you're small in your faith. Let me repeat that commandment to you. Love one another. How hard is that? Kindness and respect cost you nothing. Kindness and respect cost you nothing. And Jesus sits here and says, so we are to love one another. They will recognize you by your love. We sing that in prison, by the way. When you go to prison, they'll sing that song. Uh, They'll recognize you by your love. Uh, by our love, by our love. Let me, you don't want me to start singing a solo now, do you? Uh, I don't think you're going to clap for me like you did for Tammy when we're done there. But, uh, as, but Jesus gives another commandment here. The new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. Well, wait a minute here. That sounds really good, does it not? That sounds really good, man. Wait, Jesus loves me, I'm going to love other people. Is that even possible? Because, I, and I just come up off the top of my head as I was writing this sermon. I've been kind of mowing this sermon over for a while. Uh, Jesus says this. So what are some of the things that Jesus has done that we are to imitate to other people? Number one, and this is in no particular order, by the way, forgiveness. <laughs> In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, after the Lord's Prayer, it says, If you do not forgive your brother, brother or sister, I shall not forgive you. How many sins can you go to heaven with, people? Zero. And if Jesus, just for one little sin, doesn't forgive you, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And so to me, that's an important one, because I see the church struggle with that. And one of the biggest things, and I am not a counselor, but people come, I will listen, I can give you biblical advice, but I am not a certified counselor. If you come to me, I will tell you that. The first thing I will tell you, I am not a certified counselor. 
But the one of the things I see the, the church struggling with is forgiveness. Forgiveness of each other, forgiveness in marriage, forgiveness with families, forgiveness with one another. And the biggest one is forgiveness to themselves. We would get a lot better off in the world if people could learn to forgive themselves. That yesterday's mistake should not affect the future. Yesterday's mistake should not affect the future. Once you have dealt with it the best you can, let it go. I know that's hard. It's easier said than done. That's why you need to train therapists to help you out there. Uh, but so forgiveness. So God has shown us all here forgiveness. Whether you know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, he died for your sins. Do you accept the free gift or not? Uh, that's up to you. Number two, again, this is in no particular order, mercy. God has loved me so much that he has shown me mercy. Just think if we were actually punished for everything we have done. The wages of sin is death. How many times over would we have had to die for the past, our past? So God has shown us mercy. Goes along with mercy, God has shown us grace. Grace and mercy. They kind of go together, but they are different. Uh, God has uh, shown us, he has supposedly removed fear from our lives. Because we no longer fear. We, don't, we shouldn't even fear death. Not that we should not be cautious or doing weird things, or, you know, if you take a motorcycle and do a wheelie at 110 miles an hour down the road without a helmet and you die, you know what? You know, that, that was stupidity there. But on most things, like mission trips and other things that we're doing, we should not even fear death because Jesus says, do not fear the one that can kill the body, fear the one that can kill the soul. There's a whole thing there. And, and the final thing is I have, again, there's a lot more than this, is death alone. In 2 Corinthians, it says, oh, death, oh, death, where is your staying? Meaning that we no longer, when we die in Christ, when we die in Christ, we no longer go to Hades, not hell, Hades. We go to be in the presence of God. Paul tells us, absent from the body, present with the Lord. For our loved ones who have died in Christ recently or in the past, uh, that we can remember, is that we need to remember that they went to sleep and woke up in heaven. It's us that deals with the death, not them. And, and so that should be encouraging no, news to us. Think about another thing that Jesus done, and Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and this is the other hard one that I have to deal with families and churches, including myself. I know that's hard to believe, but it is true. Love holds no records. What sin, Jesus says, I cast your sin as far as the east is from the west. So there's no more beginning or the end to your sin that is constantly gone because of the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Your sin is constantly being paid for and has been paid for because of that. And God does not hold it against us. Weston, has Julian ever said, or could be Donna? Your grandmother there. Son, if I told you once, I told you 20 times. She's never said that, has she? 
I know Barbara never says that to Joe. <laughs> but then you just got to keep telling him to remind him. It's kind of like Pammy with me. It's, just, it's not that she has to say the same thing over. She's holding the record. You just got to continue to remind us. Uh, but God doesn't do that to us. When you have sinned, and I'm going to say you're alcoholic, it could be any kind of sin, and you've repented earnestly in your heart, you repented from it, but yet life stresses out, you haven't got totally rid of it, and you fall back into that sin, and you come back to God, say, God, here I am again, I am a drunkard, I'm a drug addict, I'm, I'm whatever. God doesn't say, I, I knew you'd be back, because you could not get your life straight. God doesn't do that. It's to him as if you're coming for the first time. Son, daughter, you're in need of repentance. And when you fall again, not that we should continue to fall, Romans talks about this, is how many times should I sin to glorify God? No, we're to live holy lives, we're to try to live holy lives. But when we make a mistake, First John tells us when we make this mistake, we have a Father in Heaven who will forgive us because He's already paid the price for us. And we should learn to live holy lives, learn from our mistakes, but we don't have a Father in Heaven that got this big old record of all this bad stuff we've done because He's already forgiven it. John chapter, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 says, There is no fear in love. No fear in love. So when we come to Jesus, or come to the, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, when we come to them, we don't come fearful. We come with respect and reverence. But we don't come in fear. You know, my dad, growing up, uh, we had Brother Tony Hayes preach over glory. He brought this thing up, and we've talked about it here, too. Well, I knew what a tail-end whooping was when I grew up. And you know what? Uh, but, you know, just because my dad had whipped me hard a few times, quite a few times, I still did not disrespect him. I did not think bad of him because of that. I had the respect and fear of him, meaning the fear I had respect that my dad was in control. He was in control. And, and, and so, so when I had to come and ask my dad something, unless it was something really stupid I was going to ask for, and I knew it was stupid ahead of time, uh, I didn't have this fear, Dad. I, you know, I could still talk to my dad or my mom. And so and that's the way God is. We can come to him. We can come to him in love because you know he has removed the fear. Come to me, my child. Bring your burden to me. <laughs> And I will remove your burden and give you a yoke that's easier. So many times in life, it is hard for us because we continue with the same burden over and over and over again. We will not let it go. The other problem we have, sometimes, sometimes we cannot let it go without help. In mental health, it should be just like going to a regular doctor. Occasionally, we need help. And occasionally, your friend, your wife, your husband, your kids, your neighbor, all those people you have whined your problem to are not help. Sometimes we need a stranger that is trained into helping us. And so we need that. But so we need to help. And we need to realize how we live our lives. This is the main point of this whole sermon here. How we live our lives matter. Why doesn't the people like church today? Because they see no difference of people in the church than there are out of the church. They will know us by our people. They will know us by our 
Love, all right. Okay, love is the answer here. A, B, C, D, and E is love, all right? They will know us by our love. Thank you. You could have said that with more enthusiasm, but we'll work on that later. All right, but, but so we go along. And so this is why, go along, a little funny story real quick. There was a lady, she was going down the road. And there was somebody posted this on Facebook the other day, and I just thought it was funny, so I added it here. I won't mention nobody's name. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but there's a lady going down the road, and the car in front of her, she's at a red light, the car in front of her stops, and at least the guy's texting on his phone or doing something, and the light turns green. And the lady starts laying on the horn, honking and going, and the guy kind of looks up, she's hanging out the window, she's showing her IQ to him, you know, or she, that she's number one or something. You know how that goes, right? How that goes? And next thing you know, there's a cop behind her knocking on her man, you need to get out of that car, handcuffs her and takes her to jail. And the lady's just furious now, and soon here comes uh, the sheriff and the chief of police, and here comes the cop that arrested her, and the cop says, ma'am, I have to apologize for you, but I thought you had stolen that car. She says, well, what would make you think that? She says, when you said, follow me to my church, when you had the face, you had Jesus loves you on the back, and all these things about Jesus on your car, and I seen the person way you were acting. I didn't know that. I thought somebody had truly stolen that car because I did not see the love of Jesus. I used to be a bad road rage person. <laughs> I used to be a bad road rage. You cut me off. I always tried to make sure I had a car that was faster than, than what was on the road because I could cut you off. But I had to learn to check there. I had to learn to do that because going along. And one of the things is, one of the things, let me bring up another story real quick. One of the things, I see a lot of churches that put a bumper sticker, the church name on the, on the back of their car, you know, they go along, follow me to church, and they'll have, you know, like the Bridge Church, I've seen those around, and another one. I really discourage that. Because, unless you're going to put the Baptist Church on your car and you drive like crazy. Because a lot of people go along. And when I was at Morvin or when I was even in the Lapahaw, if I seen somebody was driving crazy, and I knew that person, and they had the bumper sticker in the car, and I knew the pastor, I'd call them. Hey, you know, I seen sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, they're they driving around, and they got bad advertisement for your church. So how, the whole main point of this, how we live our lives matters. How we live our life and how we deal with problems, how we deal with each other in the world matters. God says that, God tells us, Jesus says, it's really Deuteronomy uh, commandment, is love God with your whole heart, soul, and mind and body, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, you can't love your neighbor if you don't first love God. That's really one commandment. You can't love your neighbor if you don't love God. And if you love God, you can't help but love your neighbor. If you truly have God living inside of you, you have, you've got to say, if i got God inside me, I have a love for all of humanity. All of humanity. I bring up the baby bottle as my uh, exhibit A. Uh, uh, for this. What, why, why do we do this? Why does Options Now do this? Why do they have these benefit dinners and some other things that we go along with? It's because they have love for life. It's love for life. You don't forget we got some newer people here. You fill the baby bottle up with change and bring it back on the 1st of June. There's my plug for that. Why do we sit there? Lena has made these cards for us to give out. It says, my name is, I invite you to a Lapa Hall church. Why do we do th crazy things like that? 
Is it because we want more people in church? No, it's because we love humanity, and what we want to see is people change and to live in a relationship with God. It's not about people coming to this church. I have recommended, people that have come to this church of glory church, I have recommended they go to another church that I thought would fit their life better. I'm not so much building the kingdom of God. I'm not building the kingdom of Alapaha or the kingdom of glory. I'm trying to build the kingdom of God, trying to get as many people into heaven as possible and get people into a relationship with God as possible. And so how we respond to people in the world will show our relationship with Jesus. If you're nasty, mean, and bitter all the time, what does that say about your relationship with Jesus? If you're contempt with people everywhere you go and you're, and you're always cutting people down, how does that say about your relationship with Jesus? Because I am to love you as God has loved me. And so we got to go along there. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Uh, so you know, that's, remember the big bracelets? What would, I seen one the other day. What would Jesus, WWJD? That's an easy question to answer. Deal with the person the way God has dealt with you. That's easy. That is easy. Uh, earlier in this chapter, early in this chapter, in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, is the story about the foot washing. And I won't read the whole story to you, but it's a story about the foot washing. And I've talked about this, we've taught on this enough, but really what Jesus is saying, Jesus took the most lowly and servant job, and he said, do this to others as I have done to you. Meaning that we are here for a reason, to, be, to serve others. Why don't we see miracles in the world today? Because we refuse to be the miracle. Miracles will happen through people. Miracles happen when we're praying for somebody. How many people here, and I've had this a couple of times, that we need, we were tight money, we needed to pray for money, and somebody showed up with the exact amount of money, or we got a check in the mail. How many times have we prayed for our marriages and forgiveness, and all of a sudden the spouse comes back, I forgive you. How many times have we prayed for something and we've seen it because somebody else delivered it upon us? How many mothers are out there for the newborn that are praying because they're in this unexpected pregnancy? There is no unexpected pregnancy with God. And yet somebody, because he filled the bottle up with change, brought that, and there's a gift given from a church that you'll never know. Tammy sings a song, and I'll close with this. Tammy sings a song about prayer. I was praying for you, and you will never know who prayed for you a lot of times until you get to heaven. How many people are on the prayer list that you have no idea, but every morning you sit there and say, God, you know, bless this family, bless this family, bless this family. You don't know what's going on, but God does. And how many lives have been changed because of your prayers that you have no idea? See, how we respond to the world, how we live our lives, how we treat each other is in direct relationship with our relationship to Christ. So with that closing is, my question for you is, does the world see Jesus in you? Let us pray. Before, before you pray, um, you talked about the bottles. Yesterday I was telling Essie, I was telling Essie, and I was like, I got a 
Let me uh, bring up one other thing to this is if uh, I always tell people if you don't take a bottle home and bring it back on Father's Day full of change, I pray that the Lord brings another baby in your life. And for some people that's good. Uh, our first full-time church at Morvin, uh, some will know, I'll mention the name, Carter's. Uh, Carter's Catering, you know, he does a lot of great things. Uh, Matt Lacey are great people. They were getting married. I said, you need to take a bottle home. So, you know, you know they're getting ready to get married and go on their honeymoon. Oh, no, we, we got our honeymoon. We, we're tight money. Well, they got pregnant on their honeymoon. Five children later, they take a bunch of bottles home with them. <laughs> Matt and Lacey are great people. They really are great kids. Uh, uh, Carter's Catfish House, they do a lot of catering too. But that's always my funny story there. And so, for you grandparents, you know, you don't want to be raising a grandchild, take a bottle home with you, fill it with change, bring it back on, or take the options now on Father's Day. So with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, a Heavenly Father, Lord, again, as the pastor of the church and as a sinner saved by the grace of God, I have to admit that I have not always shown the hand and feet of Christ through uh, things. What happens is, is my mouth gets ahead of my brain. Uh, Lord, I know some other people here are probably the same way. So we come today asking for forgiveness of sins. And Lord, we just ask you for this forgiveness of sin. And Lord, if anybody here needs that, anybody here needs to know your love for the first time, Lord, during the last song, let them come forward. And Lord, we just ask you to continue to be with us, that we will be the hands and feet of Christ in the world today that desperately needs it. And Lord, we ask you this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.